Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to our second episode. Really quickly, before we get into everything for this episode, I just want to say thank you. I got a lot of positive feedback for our first episode. People saying that they really enjoyed the podcast, the sound quality was good, that they enjoyed it. That meant a lot to me. Granted, it was from mostly people that we know. It was from my family, but I don't care. Just the fact that people took the time to sit down and listen to us and enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that meant meant a lot to us. That really made us very happy. We have a lot that we want to go over in this episode, and we kind of went back and forth on how we wanted to outline everything and and have it go. (laughs) There's a whole page of what we were going to do, then what we decided on, and then what we're doing now. Yes, and we were going to kind of actually originally break this up into two parts, but then I realized we can't really talk about our relationship without also talking about the RV and all of the renovations that we've done. And I know that at some point we want to go over, you know, locations that we've been to, places that we've traveled, what it's been like to travel on the road in an RV. Um, Maybe we can do that next week, but I think to lead into everything and kind of build a story because I am all about effective storytelling, I really think we need to talk about how our relationship grew and through that how we discovered our love for traveling and um, RVing as a, as a whole and DIY renovations. So that's the plan for this episode and I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Grab a beverage if you are of a mind and as, go ahead. as your yoga chick says, <laughs> grab your mat, grab your water. <laughs> and let's get into it. Well, let's start by saying that about half of our relationship has been living together and about half of it at this point has been not living together. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big reason of why we can't talk about our past and getting together without talking about having an RV mm-hmm. because about half that time we've had an RV. Mm-hmm. And we've so, really jumped into life together like with both feet. Yeah. So do you want to start with, you know, how how we met or yeah. the start of whatever? Yeah, if, I think so. In our first episode, we talked about the fact that we met in Gitmo. Yeah. And I think that this is an area of a little bit confusion of an area with a little bit of confusion for people who know us because I think there's a little bit of gray area about when when we met and when we actually started dating. We knew each other for a while before we started dating. Yes. And I mean, in the first episode, I said that, you know, remember the first time I ever saw you and blah, blah, blah. And that was like significant to me. Um, But I really need to emphasize because I don't think people understand. I'm going to go ahead and silence (laughs) my phone. Rookie mistake number two this morning. Um, I really need to emphasize to people the fact that I never thought that Stuart would ever look at me, uh, and not because I don't think that I'm worth spending time with or getting to know or anything like that, but just because you were on such a different level with life. I put um, on, an, I, I intentionally put on an image of leave me alone. Yes, and it was very, very successful. <laughs> and honestly, you intimidated me a little bit because I thought you were so incredibly attractive and just an interesting person, but you were very unapproachable. And you maintained that facade for a really, really long time. I knew you for 
three and a half to four years before we started dating. Um, and during the majority of that time, I really thought that you like did not care about anybody. And <laughs> funnily enough, I thought you were an idiot. Yeah, let's start by <laughs> saying that I don't think I am, but I've intentionally, I'm not trying to say that I've sandbagged anything, <laughs> but I kind of know what I want to get out of things. And if people, I don't, I don't push people to believe something about me, but if they believe something about me, I'm not really going to stop them. They can think whatever they want about me. And so for a while, um, a lot of my time in Cuba, I just let people underestimate me by their own free will. And that makes my life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. People leave me alone. I just do my job, go home. You know, I don't, I, I do my job well and I go home. Mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of makes it to where you got that image of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really didn't think like, I, I don't know, I, I'm not so much that I thought you were like a dumb jock or anything like that. I just thought you were this stoic idiot, I think. <laughs> and I thought that for a really, really long time up until, so you left Gitmo and transferred to Virginia um, a, about a year to six months before about I a, about a year before yeah. I transferred, and I selected orders and got orders for Groton, Connecticut. There's a sub base there. So, but in route to that, I had to go to a boat driving school, um, which is it's called Level Two HPU um, for people who want to know or are in the know, and that is in Little Creek, Virginia. So. I transferred from Gitmo, went to Little Creek for a two-week school, and that was where we kind of connected again. But we had been kind of chatting a little bit before that because I had a bunch of people on ch on Snapchat back when Snapchat was still like really really cool. That, that was the shit, man. <laughs> it was the it was still really really cool, and so I had a bunch of people on there that I talked to, and you were one of them. And I think we had a streak at that point of like. 60 to, to like 80 days where we talked like every single day and it I wasn't know, I don't know that we were like the best friends no, for each other it wasn't anything deep it was just like I would snap a picture at the beginning of my day like this is what I'm doing and I would send it to or the people that I talk to every or day or something funny it's like yeah. typical Gitmo shit yeah and, <laughs> and I, I would could send it to, to you it. yeah and you would like talk back to me and that was kind of how it started and then when I got to Virginia I was there with one other person that I had known in Gitmo and I knew that there were a bunch of people in that area because in Virginia you have Norfolk, you have Little Creek, you have Portsmouth, you have Yorktown, Yorktown which is where you were, a bunch of military bases. And so when I wasn't in the school, which was, you know, a pretty, pretty easy, fun time. It was a nine to five kind of thing for two Yeah, weeks. I had a bunch of free time. And so I was like trying to get everybody together. I was, a, I was like a social butterfly at I know. that point. You were, <laughs> you were. And so I was hitting everybody up like, hey, we're all in the area. Like, let's go get together. Let's go to Bush Gardens. Let's go to the beach. Let's go down to, you know, Virginia Beach, the, the strip down there. Um, and so we started hanging Let's go out. out to eat. Yeah, we, we hung out yeah. a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very casual. And I never, like, I was excited to see you because you were just a familiar face. Mm -hmm. um, and I had really, really loved Gitmo, too. I was sad to leave. And so seeing familiar faces from then felt kind of like a, like a touchstone to, to home. really. Yeah. yeah. And we all spoke the same language and understood the same jokes. And so... I was really excited to see you, but I never thought that like you would ever be interested in me. And I'm really curious, like what was going through your mind when we were hanging out in Virginia? Oh man. Well, like she said, 
we talked on Snapchat for a while, and then I was like, I, I knew from a long time ago that you were really attractive, and not that I was intimidated <laughs> by you, but I just probably wasn't, I, it wasn't you, I just wasn't really interested in anybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I can remember it was like, well, she's always been locked down with somebody, mm-hmm. and she already knows what she wants, and I had no hint that you thought I was attractive or liked me, mm-hmm. thought you were just friendly. Mm-hmm. And we we were with that guy that you knew and that I knew from Cuba and then another guy in that school. Mm-hmm. But it, it became very apparent very quickly that, you know, it was you and I talking to each other and it was him and that other dude talking to each mm, other. Yeah. And so it was you and I being together, talking, um, just being social. And it was like, that was my real real opportunity at getting to know you. I'd, I'd clearly spent more time with you in Cuba previously. But it was like, like in a work setting. Yeah, in a work setting, like at the range. I'm trying mm-hmm. to go over how to <laughs> shoot with somebody. Like, okay, now you need to put the bolt forward. <laughs> I'm like, Griffin, I need help. I haven't shot the M4 since A school. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> She's, she's not like the exceptional idiot there. It's sometimes <laughs> if you only are handling a weapon once a year, I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, but we became very social and I was like, I'll just, I'll see what happens. You know, I was, not that I was like feeling frisky or anything, but I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, hey, I need your number because, and it's true, but your Snapchat conversations, they disappear as soon as you leave that page. Mm-hmm. And come we were, to find we out, we were trying to like coordinate plans to yeah, hang out. And come to find out, if you save somebody's conversation, they know you save it. Yeah. So it was like a double-edged sword. I was just like, I'm just going to tell her I need her number so we can, because it's hard to communicate. And you gave me your number, mm-hmm. and it was just the being very social. And I was like, she's really attractive, and she's <laughs> actually being friendly with me. I was like, this might work. I don't know. I mean. There's something different about it. Mm-hmm. So how was that from your perspective with us spending time together in Virginia as friends? Um, well, just to like circle back a little bit to what you had said about me being like tied down. Um, I was in a s- two semi-serious relationships during my time in Gitmo. And that was a little bit of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, um, because I was in those relationships, I was very, I'm a, I'm a very... Um, dedicated person so when I'm with somebody that person is my only focus I'm not gonna go mess around with other people Um, I I, that relationship is my priority so that's good for me now yes it's it's good it's a good thing and it was a good thing because it kept me out of trouble Um, if you know anything about the military and the environment it can be really like smarmy honestly Um, so it kept me out of that but at the same time it did kind of keep me from um, getting to know people that I, I kind of would have liked to have gotten to know, not in a, even in a romantic sense, but just um, the relationships that I w- were in, that I was in, were not necessarily the best. And so socially, I didn't have some opportunities that I would have liked. And we can get into that stuff later at, at some point if, if we need to. But um, yeah, I had been in serious relationships, and, and it just ended up working out that in Virginia, literally, like. The week the of week you. of us starting to hang out, uh, I got dumped, and it was upsetting. But at the same time, I, I kind of was expecting it just because that relationship was not healthy, um, and so I was like, you know what? This is my opportunity to really 
own the fact that I am independent and single and I can like make intentional decisions for who I want in my life, um, the manner that I want them in my life, how I want my relationships to develop. Um, I felt like I kind of came into myself in like a very, like a, a, in an adult sense and I was, I had a self-awareness that I didn't have before. And so, um, us being able to hang out as friends was really cool because I was like, this is my chance to get to know people and um, not feel uncomfortable because like I'm in a, con a controlling relationship with somebody that's going to freak out that I'm like friends with somebody. Um, and also I don't have to rush into anything. Like I can really take my time and like, I wasn't in a position to, at that point where I wanted to be in a relationship anyway. Like, Neither of us were really. Yeah, and we even had a conversation at the beach. Joking where, about. Yeah, where we were like, yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I want to be in a relationship. Like, I think I'm totally happy right now just being single. Like, we were both like, yeah, we're just going to finish out our contracts and um, go get jobs. You know, like, I was like, I just want to go work in the woods somewhere and be left alone and, like, maybe have a dog. And Stuart was like, yeah, you know, I think that's that's kind of what I want to. And um, that <laughs> it's funny that we had that conversation because we were both like, yeah, we don't want to be in relationships. Like, screw relationships. They're a lot of trouble. Like, we're happy on our own. And I genuinely was. Like, I was very happy mm -hmm. on my own. I was happy just doing my thing. You were too. And, and yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was it was really cool. I, the that part of our of our relationship, quote unquote, if you can call it that, because we weren't really together, we were just friends. But it was built on a friendship. Yeah, that was really cool. I had never had that before. Um, it, it was a very natural progression. So when I found out that you were single <laughs> after being in Cuba in that last relationship, and how you'd been carrying yourself, and kind of the details of it, some some minor details of it, it was like wow, um, you know. You were very dedicated in your relationships, but then you carried yourself so well after it. I was like, that's a strong woman. So that was something that I mm -hmm. very early on respected about you. It's how strong you could be through adversity and, mm -hmm. you know, through changing cycles in your life. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, this is just kind of a funny thing, and I didn't find out about this until probably a year into us being together. Do you want to talk about what happened at Bush Gardens? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So you sure, don't have to. Do sure. You? <laughs> yeah. You, you put me on the spot and people are going to be like, what happened? <laughs> well, you know, Snapchat was the thing then, right? Well, we were walking and I was like, oh my gosh, she has a really nice butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a picture of her butt mm -hmm. and I sent it to my buddy. He already knew you. He was like, you were like, guess who I'm with? Guess who I'm with? Uh -huh. And he knew whose butt that was too. <laughs> But, uh, Not as if I was out there showing my butt to everybody. No, I want to make that very clear. No, she was wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt, and I was like... And it wasn't, like, just my butt. It was really my, like, back profile, yeah. but mostly. I mean, the center of the, the center of everybody's <laughs> attention when they look at you from the rear is your rear. <laughs> so, yeah, that was funny. And huh? then you saved it, though. And yeah, then, like, I a like year later, you were like, look what I have. And I look, and I'm like... Why do you have a picture of my butt? Where's that at? <laughs> and I was like, like, that's Bush Gardens. And I was like, Stuart, we weren't even together then. And you're like, what? <laughs> I'm just looking. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. think that that's funny. Maybe that's a little naughty, but I don't care. I think it's hilarious. And given how everything worked out, I, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be different if I was a creeper. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 
that's kind of the progression of our friendship um and things really like so I, I left level two and I transferred up to Groton um and when I got there transferring in the military doing a move it's, it's a nightmare it just always is and I think especially going from an overseas command to a stateside command I had gone to level two first and then I had to move and then I had to find an apartment um, I didn't have a vehicle like that entire thing wiped me out that's a stress, financially that's a stress fest it yeah. was a massive stress fest I I that was the hardest up financially that I have ever been I was completely broke mm -hmm. um, I moved into I found the cheapest apartment that I possibly could um, that wasn't like a closet and I had no furniture um, no like plates or anything like that because no like cooking works I, I didn't have a lot of that stuff anyway and when I left Gitmo I left a lot of that stuff with my ex anyway because um, we had a, we just like shared household goods at that point so I didn't have anything and I didn't have a vehicle either and I was so stressed out and there was nothing up there and well you said you saw some yeah but they were overpriced for what they were like rest I, buckets yes like I went and looked at a um, Ram 1500 that I really liked but they were asking like 25 for it and I had a pre-approved loan for 17 and it was like eaten up with rust and everything and I was like look guys I see this damage like I'm not paying this and they wouldn't come down on the price even though I had money in hand and I think we'd been talking just still as friends at yeah. that point and I ended up knowing this guy if you if you know anything about Virginia and the military there's a car dealership. Mm -hmm. There's like actually 12, probably within a couple miles mm -hmm. of leaving base. Mm -hmm. And I happen to know a guy and nothing against him, but he's just another car salesman at another car dealership that his brother owns. But I knew a guy and I knew that if he didn't have a vehicle, that he might be able to find you a vehicle. So I put out a feeler with him and he sent me, sent me the list of his inventory. And then I sent it to you and you picked out the truck that you have now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I like that. And I asked you to go and look at it for me. I was like, can you just go look, look under the hood? Because I knew you were mechanically inclined. Mm -hmm. I was like, just make sure that there aren't any glaring issues. Like think, like it's not gonna fall apart in the yeah. next 30 days. And, yeah. I, and I picked, specifically I picked a Tacoma because I wanted, I wanted a Toyota. I knew mm -hmm. that I wanted a Toyota something. I was actually looking at a 4Runner um, that somebody was selling on Craigslist, but I wanted a truck. Um, and so I was like, go look at it for me. Just make sure there aren't any glaring issues. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to get down there, but it's worth mentioning. And I just, I don't know, you impressed me from the very beginning, just with your overall, uh, integrity and honesty, because you made it very clear. You didn't want anything from me and you were just trying to help. And when I was looking at one of those trucks up in Connecticut, there was somebody that I knew that was stationed in New York. It was a four hour drive. Um, and I had asked him like, hey, will you please come and help me? Like, cause he was mechanically inclined too. I was like, can you come help me look at some of these trucks? Like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And he wouldn't do it because he said it was too far. Um, and it was too much of an inconvenience for him. And granted, yeah, I'm sure it would have been a little bit of an inconvenience, but this was somebody that I knew had had a previous relationship with years ago and he wasn't willing to come and help me. But even though he had been like kind of casually pursuing me when it came to putting you know words behind or actions behind words he wasn't there but you 
who didn't have any real history with me, didn't really know me past, you know, us working together and our friendship. It's almost like I felt bad for you. Yeah, I believe you because yeah. I was pitiful. It was a terrible situation. Yeah. And um, I was we, like, I need to get down to Virginia to get this truck. You were taking an Uber or a taxi every day to base or getting somebody to pick you up. And you're a grown woman and you're not, not that you weren't succeeding on your own. That's not what I mean. But you were striking out when it came to vehicles. And I was like, I can help. Like, it's just the decent thing to do. It's just to help. So this guy got into his truck. This guy's in me. Yes, this guy's <laughs> in Stuart. Got into his truck in Virginia on a, drove, on Saturday. a Saturday morning. Or It was Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. Drove eight, well, at that point, it was like 12 hours. That was a traffic through day. horrific New York City traffic um, all the way up the coast to come and get me so that we could drive back together. Got there in late afternoon. No, we got there at four o'clock in no, the no, morning. No, 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 I got to where you are. Oh, in Connecticut. Yeah, he got to Connecticut like four or five in the afternoon. We turned right about, right around and drove another eight hours, nine hours back to Virginia so that I could get this truck. Um, you had no reason to do that out of other than just out of being like you've told me many times you weren't looking for anything you didn't want anything from me you just wanted to help and that really i mean you wore yourself out for me to do that well i don't know it was just it felt like the right thing at the time mm -hmm. looking back i guess it was yeah and I, I would say it's worked out pretty well so i was able to get down there and get that truck um and drive back and i had a vehicle and uh from there i mean well, you sent me flowers. Do you want to tell everybody about that? Sure. So Rebecca and I, I think after that, we kind of knew that each other, like that there, there were was there, that there. there were that there was something, and that there are actions behind words. Well, and, and actually, just to interrupt really quick. I had told you um, my second night in Virginia because I stayed one more night because mm -hmm. we were so tired, mm -hmm. and I told you I was like, I just don't want to waste my time. I was like, I don't, I don't need anything now or within the, the next X number of years. I just don't want to be with somebody and be wasting my time. And waste a year there, two years there. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, okay. Um, so, so, I mean, that gave me some, that gave me some direction and mm -hmm. something to think about. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that and clearly we are how we are today. <laughs> and I made a pretty good decision. But shortly after that, um... I, I wanted to, to make an action and I wanted it to be kind of a safe action. <laughs> um, maybe I was cowardly or maybe it was humor that that led to the note. But I had asked you if you liked flowers mm -hmm. uh, in random casual conversation. I don't think you had thought about why I was asking. No. But we just, it come up and you're like, no, I don't like flowers. It's literally killing a plant and you're sending somebody something that's dead <laughs> or it's going to die and brown up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, yada, yada, yada. Well, little did she know, I had already bought them. <laughs> and they were already going to her address because I got her address when I went up there. Uh -huh. And so there were flowers that were headed to your way and you didn't want them. <laughs> and you ended up being on the phone with your mother, of all people. <laughs> and some stranger knocked at the door and said, here you go, and handed you flowers. a delivery flowers. man, yeah. Yeah, handed you flowers. And the I note, was shocked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell it from your perspective. You take over. Um, yeah, so I, I cut flowers would not be my first first choice for like 
a gift. Um, I would rather have something that I can eat, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. That's just the way that I am. But at the same time, I had a gesture is a gesture, and it's really, really nice to get something like that. And I have honestly not been with too many people who had ever done something like that. Any people, I don't think, that had ever done something like that. And so getting these flowers, it was like, wow, this is... Like, this is really special. There's something like, intention like, Yeah, like, what does this mean? And I was on the phone with my mom um, when the delivery guy showed up, and so she got, like, my play-by-play -play reaction, um, and Stuart had put a note in there that said, thanks for being all right. Pretty all right. Yeah, thanks for being pretty all right. And I still have that note. It's in our, like, scrapbook. Um, and I just thought that that was, it was really, really cool. A really cool gesture. I felt bad for having said that I didn't want flowers. It's hilarious that she liked <laughs> them in the gesture. It was the but gesture. But she had said that she didn't like flowers. Yeah. So I'll call that a success in my book. Yeah. And I won her over in some little way with that. Mm-hmm. And so from the very beginning, there was a, a lot of travel. There's been elements within our relationship that have been consistent. And one of the biggest ones has been travel. Mm -hmm. Just because in order for us to make our relationship work in the early days, we had to be willing to travel to see each other. We were at a minimum eight hours apart, notwithstanding traffic and, and everything like that. Usually about nine with stopping, mm -hmm. food, bathroom. And we made that work. Um, our making the decision to be in a relationship together was a very conscious one. We had a very long conversation didn't about it. didn't just happen. No, it wasn't like, oh, I guess we'll be together now. It wasn't like that because I, having had been in a, a couple of relationships that did not end well, I did not want to waste my time again. And I was honestly very nervous about being in a relationship again. But I've, it needed to be a very conscious decision. And I think it needed to be a conscious decision for you too. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had a long talk about it and it was like, okay, we're gonna do this. Like this is something that we both feel it would be a seriously missed opportunity it if we didn't. It felt very genuine and very right. Mm -hmm. And so we began traveling to see each other. I think we would see each other about once a month. Yeah, we alternated between driving up to Connecticut or her driving down to Virginia once a month and we tried to we correlated our off weekends mm -hmm. or we were lucky enough to have our off weekends correlated so that we could do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and actually we got a really nice We got a blessing. Uh, yeah, a huge blessing early early like literally in a, a month into our relationship um because you got orders to go yeah. do an IA I which did like I don't know what an IA stands for. Individual augmentee. There it's like a, it's like a stateside <laughs> deployment where you're not going to war but you're you're just yeah. going somewhere to help out. Yeah. And you got an IA to the Philadelphia uh, shipyard, mm -hmm. which was only a four-hour drive from where I was at in Connecticut. So we got to see each other every twice, every twice other weekend while, while you were and you were in Philadelphia for six months. So that was incredible. Um, I didn't know what it would lead to, and we were actually pretty nervous about it. But it ended up being a gigantic blessing mm -hmm. seeing each other so mm -hmm. often. And so that's kind of the foundation of how our relationship started is that we got six months of every other weekend. So we still had time to do things on our own and we had mm -hmm. our own space, mm -hmm. but it, it very, very quickly helped build a strong relationship and how we got to know each other and routines mm -hmm. and this and that and the other. We talked constantly, but I really think yeah. that I, and I would say this for any relationship and I know people don't want to hear this because you're so attached to your person, but it is so important for 
the two of you to be able to spend time apart and be happy on your own. Um, I, of course, missed Stuart terribly whenever we weren't together, but I had hobbies and interests and things that I wanted to do. Um, I wasn't just sitting by the window pining away for <laughs> him whenever we weren't together. Um, I mean, I did do some of that, but... I did leave a couple t-shirts with you. Yeah, but for the most part, we were together but living our own lives for the first two years of our relationship and I really think that that helped build a really strong relationship because the only way that we had to make it work was for us to be very effective communicators um, and communication is so important in a relationship and I think we've learned that over and over and over again especially with the traveling and the RV stuff and like the projects that we've taken on together we would not be able to do it if we didn't know how to talk to each other and if we didn't know how to listen Yes. So um, our first big trip together after we were in a relationship was the first time that we, well, not the first time, because I, I went and met your family um, mm -hmm. whenever your friend got married. In, yeah, we stayed in hotels or yes. family's house. Or but after that, it was like, man, we're going to do these road trips. Like our families, my family's in Indiana, your family's in Texas. Like that's a huge gap. We want to be able to see family. At that point, we were still um, active duty, so obviously we weren't living in a home state. So we got to figure out a way to do this to where it's not like breaking the bank every time we want to go see people. And um, I think the truck camping was kind of your brainchild. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I've got a 2015 Ram, and I had a camper shell on it at the time. and trying to think about going camping we'd wanted to go camping and stuff like that mm -hmm. well we tried to make it to where it was like a travel camping thing mm -hmm. and i put a platform over the bed rails up near the cab and i went to joanne's fabric <laughs> place and i bought this um what do you call that foam just yeah like, foam? yeah like just really really dense foam. it was like, it was six, like inch, six inch yeah, yeah six inch foam and we had a camping stove that we got we had water bladders. water bladders and that was our first like camping thing mm -hmm. so traveling camping so traveling camping so she came down rebecca came down to virginia and then we went from virginia to texas stopped a couple times on the way didn't pay for either of those didn't pay for either we no, stayed we on stopped public on land public land and that was really really cool mm -hmm. So we went to Texas, we stayed at my folks' place, and then we went up to Indiana, stopped on the way there. And to add to this whole traveling camping thing, your dad let us use, they, have a, a, they had a motorhome at the time, mm -hmm. and we stayed in their motorhome at an RV park. Mm -hmm. And so little did I know that got the wheels in my head turning <laughs> that, you know, that would be a really good option. Mm -hmm. As something to have some kind of RV because we both really yeah. really liked traveling and not having to pay to stay places because we've both done our fair share of staying in hotels and having to pay for meals and so on and so if forth you spend 75 bucks at a hotel and you're gonna spend five days at it over the course of a couple weeks worth of driving um, and vacationing 75 bucks that each night that adds up. Yeah. So you can invest some money into some kind of setup 
that's going to save you that money back. Mm-hmm. And truck camping is actually a pretty popular phenomenon now. I think it, it grew in popularity over the last year with people just wanting to like get out and be outside. That's the whole van not, life thing. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, but people do it in their cars. They do it in their trucks. They figure out ways to outfit what they have so that they can go travel and have somewhere to sleep and have somewhere to store their belongings. Um, and we really, really liked truck camping with a couple of caveats. The biggest thing was that the space was really, really small, so it wasn't super comfortable. Um, when it rains and you're stuck inside trying to eat lunch. Yeah, if, in when North it rains, Carolina. there's nowhere really to go. You're stuck like in a vehicle. You can't stretch out and relax. Um, I mean, there's drawbacks to everything that you do, but I think especially with the truck camping, it just, it wasn't an ideal scenario it worked really really well for us but it, i don't think it would have been it's a minimal way to yes very it's minimal very start. minimal um but that did kind of introduce us to like an alternate way of doing things and we both really really liked that a lot and so my dad here. let us stay in his RV and that was like, wow, look at all the space we have. Like we could move this thing wherever we need to go. That's not something we thought of at that very moment. No, but you did make a lot of comments about like, <laughs> wow, this is really nice. Like you got everything you need in here. Um, you can really move around so on and so forth. And so that trip was like the first big traveling trip that we did. And actually, if you are inclined and you want to um, on my YouTube channel back a couple of years ago I did a couple of videos about that the first one being like a vlog style video about when we left Virginia and headed to Texas um, and then the other one being like a tour of our setup with um, the truck and the um, camper shell and how we had the shelf in there and that the mattress really cool, and the man. water black like we had a, a solar shower that we used um, <laughs> that I I've hung got, on a stop sign I've got a really cool picture um, that no one will ever see it's just for <laughs> just for us it's of uh, Stuart taking a shower um, with a, with at a stop sign with our solar shower. In out the middle in, like, of the, the road. Well, yeah, but it was in the middle of nowhere. But a naked. <laughs> so anyway, that, that was an awesome experience. Um, and then fast forward from there, we, we did that one time. And I think that was a year out from when our contracts were about to be up. Yeah, so that was 2018. Mm -hmm. So let's fast forward to me getting out of active duty. Mm -hmm. So... As y'all know, I moved up to Connecticut, and Rebecca and I, we rented a townhouse. We moved out of that Gertie apartment, mm -hmm. um, and we got a townhouse. And from there, you were still on active duty, and yeah. I was in the reserves, yeah. and I worked at Home Depot for about nine months. But during that time, we knew, we kind of we narrowed down what we wanted to do for school, continuing mm -hmm. after active duty and where we wanted to go to school the next thing you think about is what where are we, we going to live <laughs> where are you going to live what are you going to do for housing and it kind of just became apparent to me and i guess i made that decision and looked for support from you mm -hmm. and we thought we we needed an rv because you can take the rv and there's an rv park around the corner pretty much everywhere you go in the country minus some places way far up north that close seasonally mm -hmm. so that was probably our best option so from there we, we looked just started at shopping we looked at a bunch of rvs man we drove to new hampshire massachusetts new york and we ended up getting 
the RV that we have now. And actually, at some point, um, not in this episode, because it really would be a good thing to just devote an entire episode to, um, I'd love for us to sit down and outline like tips for shopping for an RV, especially because if you're going to shop used, there's things that you need to know, there's things that you need to look for, there's certain aspects that you need to be informed of going into like a buying situation like that. Um, a lot of common mistakes that people make um, because this entire thing has been a huge learning opportunity. Uh, but I think one thing that helped us is that we didn't rush to make a decision. Um, there were a couple of times where it was really, really hard. We saw, we found an RV that was like pretty good and you really, really wanted to. You're talking about the one with no slide? Yeah. yeah. And you really wanted to get it. And I was like, no, this isn't right. Um, we did a lot of research. We watched a lot of YouTube videos yeah. um, and we got really, really lucky and found something that we both liked that was in our price range. Um, and that was this 2013 Shasta that we have been living in for over a year now. Um, so we bought that in February and in June, Rebecca's contract was up or in May, June, June, yeah. June, your contract was up and I quit Home Depot and we moved down to Texas. Mm -hmm. And during that interim between moving and between buying the RV and moving, there was a lot of stuff that happened in our life. Um, I was almost killed in January of 2020 by a dog that we had. Um, that is a crazy story in and of itself. Check YouTube. Yeah, I have a YouTube video about it, but if you guys want to hear us talk about it, um, we can at some point. I don't really yeah. feel like now is, is the time. But that happened and I was in the hospital for a week. Um, I got out and two weeks later, I think in February, we bought our RV. And I don't know, it was just like all of this stuff happened, but there was no, no stop. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to like stop or take a pause or take a break or anything. It was just like, okay, I'm still here. I'm still alive. We have this plan. We have this thing that we're going to do. Like, let's chase this. And I'm honestly really thankful that we had this RV because it gave me something to really pour my energy into because um, I didn't go back to work after that, really. Um, I wasn't in a position to. Um, so all of the spare time that I had and that you had went into getting this RV ready to go. And, and by ready to go, <laughs> let's just call that a renovation, yes. not a getting ready. There was really nothing super, super wrong with the RV aside from... We found a leak. <laughs> yes. And, and honestly, it's a good thing. I don't even really know like when we got the RV I was like yeah you know I want to paint the cabinets and or I, yeah I want to paint the cabinets and you know I want to pull the the carpet up because the carpet's gross and but from there it really just I mean we did a complete overhaul this RV does not look in any way similar to the way that it looked it doesn't look like it. any RV truthfully <laughs> looks like a house and in most respects and it's a good thing that we went that deep because we found the water damage that yeah. we had on the slide. Um, and that was scary, honestly, when we, we pulled up the flooring and we saw like the, the wet wood and everything, it was like, oh no. And it was what a rainy season in Connecticut. Oh, it was, it was really scary. So if you buy a used RV, just real quickly, you're probably gonna spend a couple grand on, on fixing something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it's inevitable. RVs at some point, especially because people don't maintain them like they should, they are going to leak. Like it's it's just a reality. You might as well accept it, get used to it, integrate it into and your learn, being. Learn how to fix it. Yes, and the good news is because RVs 
are notorious for these kinds of issues, there's somebody out there who's already dealt with the problem. And so there's YouTube videos and tutorials, and we got really lucky and found um, some RV mechanics in like the next town over who were willing to fix the the damage within our budget. And in a good time and frame. And in a good time frame, yeah. And so they basically went in and epoxy, was it epoxy? Yeah, it's yeah. like a penetrating epoxy. So they sealed the floor. Um, so they didn't have to cut out that section. Mm -hmm. um, they dried it out and they sealed it. And then the end of the slide, there was a leak on there and on the top and they replaced all the goodies that it needed. And from there, that was us pulling out the floor when we found the issue. Mm -hmm. So after that, Rebecca said she wanted to paint the cabinets. Well, we put about three coats <laughs> of primer on this entire place. All right, and if you've got a 12 foot or 12 inch roller, that doesn't take long but if you've ever been inside an rv the walls are small <laughs> the walls are small and there's a ton of nooks and crannies so we didn't just paint the cabinets we painted this whole thing front to back top to bottom and not the same color either no no we have different color schemes and yeah for all the, the different parts the of the rv and cabinets and so. hindsight being 2020 whenever we do it again there are things that i would do differently. I, I, I would we were, not go this in depth. I didn't know we were going to go this in depth, but it was your vision and it looks really good now. Mm -hmm. But that was a lot. We, we spent a couple weeks painting. Mm -hmm. And I, I vlogged that entire experience and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was also a huge challenge and created some stress in our relationship too, because I mean, there have been challenges and, and stressors all along the way that we've had to overcome. I mean, we've had the military that throws a constant wrench into anything that you try to do. That's a big thing to overcome. There were a lot of um, tearful and uh, frustrated moments that we had trying to just- Tired and hungry at 7.30 <laughs> at night, and I'm to, trying to get something done. <laughs> trying to figure out how to make things work. So there was that, and then there was coordinating travel to be able to see each other. Then there was, you know, me almost being killed. Um, that was a huge challenge for us to overcome. And then there was the RV. So all along the way, there have been things that we've had to overcome. But I truly believe that every experience that we've had has made us stronger because instead of throwing up our hands and going, you know what, this is too much work. Like, I don't want to deal with this. We've come together, put our heads down, and figured out a way to get through it. Even present, even through present day. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way that it is when you make a conscious decision to be with somebody. Love is, of course, the motivating factor, but there are going to be times where you, you still love your person, but you don't necessarily like them that much. <laughs> and anybody who has been in a relationship for longer than 10 minutes knows that. And so during those times, there has to be a unifying factor, something that brings the two of you back together. And I think in this case, for us in our life, it's literally the fact that we've created this life together. We have this RV that we more or less have built up and created a home for ourselves. and neither one of us can do it alone we need each other to continue to move forward in this life that we've built and we both believe that we are stronger together than we are apart absolutely and that is why what we are doing is working um but that doesn't mean that of course there aren't times where we get frustrated or need need a minute to catch our breath or something like that um and i really think that <laughs> i i've wondered sometimes if 
we would be as stressed as we've been if we had a more conventional life because I feel like the RV and the renovations and everything in this tiny 200 square foot space it hasn't created problems but it's exacerbated yeah it's like I was telling my mother the other day well we've got a little leak that we're working on right now but all right if you've got a leak in like the corner of your house and it's over by the garage where you have your storage uh, it's not it's something you need to get fixed but it's not like pressing like the the rest of the place is going to fall apart with it well if you have a leak in an rv that needs to be addressed at 11:30 at night mm -hmm. sometimes i mean if you've got water on your floor that means it came from your ceiling or your wall and if one thing gets wet everything gets wet and it's not on the other side of the house from you it's four feet from where you lay your head mm -hmm. and so everything being so close together has really forced us to learn how to communicate better to learn how to work together better mm -hmm. and I, I i think we're for the better mm -hmm. for it yeah and even given the the challenges and the things that go wrong i mean there have been especially in the beginning when we had our first couple of like little hiccups and like 2 a.m fix-it sessions because we found something that was wrong in the beginning i would have moments where i was like oh my gosh is this the end like is this not going to work out for us those feelings have become more muted with time and it's become less about like oh my gosh this is the end and more about like okay this is just this is the life that we've chosen these are the challenges that we have to overcome right now we're going to get through it and it's going to be fine it doesn't mean there's more challenges living in this than there is in a house it's a 50 it's 50 trade-off i think yeah i mean this is clearly a more affordable way but that doesn't mean that it's going to be so much more stress-free or so much more rewarding it's just you trade one thing for the next exactly and I still, even given challenges that we've had, I still really, really love this lifestyle. And I love what it's done for us as individuals and for our relationship um, as a whole. It's, it's very, very unique. And it's not going to be right for everybody. Um, I, I, and that doesn't mean that you're a lesser or better person if you don't want to live in an RV. Like it's just a specific, as my dad says, it's a paradigm. Mm -hmm. You choose the paradigm that you want to exist within, and within that paradigm, you are going to have challenges and trade-offs um, and pros and cons. And this is the, the paradigm that we have chosen for ourselves. And for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to stick with it because the pros far outweigh the cons for yeah. us. It gives us a lot of flexibility with while well, now we're going to school. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like when we got out of the military, when we're done with school, we're gonna have to find a job and we're gonna have to find where to live, what to do. And we can do so, all of that and not be tied down um, as much to a specific location as somebody would be if they had yeah. rent in an apartment or a mortgage or something like that. Yeah. So all of that said, um, our relationship has become very tied into the endeavors that we've taken on together specifically just being in an rv and and renovating it from the ground up um it's really cool what you can do and especially what you can do with somebody else when they're on the same page and this is not to say like if you're listening to this and you're not in a relationship but you would love to live in an rv or like renovate something and, and travel you can totally do that there are tons of people who do it alone and, and you don't need to have somebody else um that's not what i'm saying at all but at the same time if you're going to be with somebody 
and you're going to do something like this, it's really, really cool when you get to do it with somebody like somebody, <laughs> Somebody you love. Yeah, somebody who you can be a, a team with. Um, so that is a little bit of um, our, our past and how we got together and some of the traveling and kind of the progression of how we went from you know, traveling eight hours to see each other to traveling in the bed of a truck to now traveling in an RV. Um, uh, just the, the renovations and the, the buying process and, and how that's impacted our relationship and how it's helped us build everything up. Um, stepping back big picture and looking at everything it's really really cool to kind of see the the metamorphosis of how everything has evolved and changed that's your vocab word for the day <laughs> metamorphosis <Yeah. laughs> how it's you know progressed over time i'm a big big fan of it and i really like it a lot sure. so anyway i think that that is a enough for today we've been recording for quite some time yeah. so that's a good stopping point we'll get to the other stuff next time mm -hmm. i think next uh couple of episodes i would love to start diving into traveling um some of the things that we've learned traveling on the road um some of the places that we've been places that we've enjoyed uh, going to and seeing um some of the challenges that we've overcome there um i would also like to get into maybe some more Things that we're doing currently, like seasonal. Yes, yeah, seasonal yeah. things, and also maybe some how tos for buying an RV and renovating an RV and so on and so forth. So, if that sounds good to y'all, hopefully you'll stick around. If yeah. there's something specific um, that you would like to hear us talk about, feel free to send us a DM. You can follow us on Instagram. We have our Instagram page. Maybe we're just rambling. You can send us messages there. Follow us. We post like behind the scenes stuff for each episode. Um, or you can also email us. You can email us. I think, what is our email? We're just rambling at Gmail. Yeah, we're just rambling at Gmail. It's also attached to our Instagram page. So if there's something specific that you want to know about or you'd love to hear us dive more into, by all means, just shoot that our way and we'll take that uh, into consideration as well. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, we've got things that we want to talk about, but then we also sometimes don't know what we're going to talk mm -hmm. about yet. So if somebody wants to hear something specific, I mean, that's a perfect way for us to be like, all right, this is something we need to talk about. Yes. And it gives because, us a next episode. Yeah, exactly. And we also want to create content that people want to listen to um, and that people are going to be engaged in. And, we, and, when I, and I especially want to create a resource. Mm -hmm. I want to help people because I feel like what we're doing yeah. is so awesome and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So anyway, um, yeah, I think that that is it for now. Do you have anything else? That's, that's all I got. Thank you so much, uh, everybody that has tuned in and listened. Um, please follow, subscribe, rate if you can. I know we're available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, so I believe on those two platforms you can leave a review. Please do that. Um, share it if you are enjoying this. Share it with somebody you think might enjoy it as well. That would be super, super cool. Um, yeah, thank you for continuing to listen. If I had one of those little director things, it's... Yeah. Cue the music. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll catch you later. Bye.